1: So I want to talk to you guys about something that has helped me so much in my walk, um, not only just as a pastor, but as just a, a Christian. And it, um, yeah, I want to talk to you about that. And so the, the, the title of my sermon is I'm Not Qualified. <laughs> I'm not qualified. So most of you know that I am also an accountant. I am a chartered, well, I was originally a CGA, a certified general accountant, and then all the accounting designations amalgamated, and now I'm called a chartered professional accountant. And so in my training, when I was still going to school before I got my designation, I had the option to go and do the tax courses. Now, I had done tax courses when I was at Camosun College in Victoria, and there were um, kind of the lower level task courses, and so I was doing some advanced tax courses. And I was going through this task course, and I was becoming very aware of my inability to do tax. <laughs> 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 so even though I am an accountant, and most people, when, when you hear that a person is a chartered professional accountant, that you think, okay, well, they know about tax. Not all chartered professional accountants know about tax. A lot of them do, but I realized that that was not my lane. I was not qualified, and I am not qualified to, to talk to you about tax. I know some about tax, income tax, uh, payroll tax, a bunch of stuff like that, but... If you want uh, some serious consulting on tax issues that you're having, don't come and talk to me. (laughs) I am not qualified. (laughs) I am not qualified to do that. There are people that are qualified. Heather, Pastor Heather, she knows a lot about tax. So if you want to talk to someone about tax, talk to Pastor Heather. She knows a lot about income tax. Thank you. Why don't you turn to uh, Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And when he was, this is talking about Jesus. He says, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeling to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, when you read that, there's no indication that this man had any ulterior motive right he was just he wanted to know how can i have eternal life simply put just wanting to know how can i be qualified to be saved is another way to put it how can i be qualified to be saved and then jesus says to him in verse 18 why callest thou me good There is none good but one that is God. Notice that Jesus doesn't even answer his question right away. He's dealing with something because the man says, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit uh, eternal life? In the Amplified, it says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Teacher... You are essentially and perfectly morally good. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus said to him, Why do you call me essentially and perfectly and morally good? (laughs) (laughs) There is no one essentially and perfectly and morally good except God alone. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Jesus saying this, right? right? Did Jesus, that's what he said, right? He said, why callest me thou good? There is none good, but one that is God. So he's not calling himself God, good. But he's God, right? But he's also man, right? When Most of the time when he was on the earth, he called him, He referred to himself as the Son of Man, not the Son of God. There was a couple of times that he did, but vastly weighted on the side of Son of Man. God or Jesus saw that without God the Father, he wasn't qualified. Think about what he did. He grew up, and when he turned approximately 30 years old, he knew that it was time and he had to submit himself to God, his Father, to do, to become qualified. What did he do? He went out to where John the Baptist was, because that's what God wanted him to do, and he went and he got baptized. John, you think about this, John sees him coming, knows who he is. Not only is he John's cousin, but he knows that this is the Messiah and he's coming. And John's like, yeah, no way. I'm not, I'm not even worthy to untie your shoes. And you're wanting me to baptize you? And Jesus says, this must be done. This is what my father wants me to do. He realized that without him doing what the father wanted him to do, to submit to him, he wasn't going to be qualified to do his ministry, to walk. And so he went and he got baptized and God came down and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Praise the Lord. And he started out on his ministry at that point. But notice, Jesus said, as son of man, I'm not good. God the Father is the only one that's good. I don't qualify on my own at this point. I need God the Father. Amen? Amen. Everybody with me here? Amen. Verse 19. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. So now he's gotten back to to the man's, question here how can i get eternal life and so he says well you know the commandments and then the the man says and he answered and said unto him in verse 20 master all these things i have observed from my youth i've done all of these things (laughs) and now i have a note down here in my notes did he really do that did, did he really observe all of those things from his youth? You think about, think about this man, right? He doesn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him like, like we do. He is spiritually dead, separated from God, and has to try and do all of these things. Not commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, and honor your mother and your father. And he's saying, well, I've done all of these things from my youth. Now, yeah, that's an amazing feat for someone who doesn't have God in their life. And sometimes even for who, people who have God in their life, that's an amazing feat. <laughs> I can, speaking from actual experience in my own life, <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, he's done all these things. We'll, let's, let's just say we'll take him at his word that he has done all of these things. But he's done these in his own ability, with his own strength. Now, if that was all that he needed to get eternal life, it would be because of his glory, not God's glory, that he got in and got eternal life. Everybody with me? (laughs) <laughs> the old testament had sacrifices for sin and there was a reason for that because nobody could carry on and do all of these commandments on their own they had god set up this whole system of sacrifices to to atone for their sins to cover over their sins and deal with their deal with their sins and i won't get into all of that but there was There was the atonement for the sins. There was the scapegoat that that they put all the sins on and sent it out out of the the city and all of the stuff because God knew that even though he'd given all these commandments for them to follow, they were going to have a real hard time doing it because they just, again, they were spiritually dead and they didn't qualify. And so he needed a way for them to be able to be with him in some way, and so we had all of, all of these, these um, atoning sacrifices. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, what did you say, Bruce? He was atoned. He was atoned. <laughs> he was atoned. <laughs> so then, Jesus, in verse 21 here, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Let's stop right there. So what Jesus is about to say comes out of a heart of love that God the Father has placed on the inside of Jesus for this man. Right? Because Jesus wasn't qualified. He went and he got qualified. He went and did what the Father wanted him to do and got qualified. And out of love, what he's about to say to him will help him, will um, get him that eternal life. Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, one thing you lack, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up thy cross and follow me. Jesus, in love, said to him, one thing you lack, go and sell everything and come follow me. Go and sell everything, come follow me. Now you think about that in your own life. You think about everything that you have, that you own in your own life, all the money you have in the bank, all the possessions you have, And Jesus came to you and said, sell it all. Sell it all. Don't worry about it. Sell it all. Trust me. I love you. Sell it all. (laughs) That would be a hard thing to do. I know of a couple of ministers there was one, one minister down in the United States. God told him, he had, had, has a, a ministry and a church, and he said, give away all of the money that you have in your bank. And so he was very obedient, and he went and he did it. He drained his bank, and he found out that the accountant that he had on staff had actually kept some money back, and he found out about it. And, and he said, no, everything. All of the bank accounts need to be zero. Now, you think about that. You think about what you have, and God wants you to do that. Give everything. That takes faith. That takes faith. It takes faith to believe in God. It takes faith to do something like that. There was another minister that I know of down in the States, who put on him and his wife's heart to sew their house into somebody else. They didn't have another house that they could just move into. But they, and so it took a number of years to organize everything and stuff like that. But they sewed an entire house and piece of property into another family and then be- believed for another home for themselves. That takes faith. Back in the end of 2014, I was laid off from my job. At that time, the company—it was a really bad winter, and the company was in construction. They—they—they they, they sold um, tool accessories for construction uh, equipment, the handheld is, is, um, construction equipment like uh, blades and other things that I don't really know about. Um, (Laughter) And, and so they, they the, um, one of our major, the major markets for this company was in Ontario, and on, Ontario was having a horrific winter. It started early, it was really cold, and there was, their, their market was just dying, and, and there was lots of issues, and um, it was affecting the company quite a bit. And so my, my job was downsized, basically, so that the company could keep going, and I was laid off um, as of November 30th, 2014. And then, so I start looking for a job right away, and I found a job um, uh, in the middle of January of 2015 that um, it wasn't the right place for me to work. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was... It was uh, a not nice place to work and uh, yeah they were doing things like fraud and stuff like that that I found out and it just was not nice and I lasted there two months um, and and so I was out of work for 16 months at that time 16 months more than a year and pastor heather and i decided that we were going to sow a seed and for us at that time it was a significant seed we're having to count every penny watch every watch our budget and all that kind of stuff and we put a seed in believing for a job knowing that god would provide but that took faith beyond what i could do in my own ability beyond what Pastor Heather could do in her own ability. It took faith to do that, to take that step and sow that just that seed. It wasn't a whole house. It wasn't everything that I owned. Here Jesus is asking him, sell everything that you have and give it all up, walk away, and follow me. And in verse 22, he said, and the man was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions he couldn't qualify himself in that he couldn't qualify himself that he couldn't do it in his own power or his own strength he needed faith he needed to trust he needed to to realize that he didn't qualify in verse 23 it says and jesus looked around looked round about and said unto his disciples how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of god and the disciples were astonished at this at his words verse 24 but jesus answered again and said unto them children how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of god how hard is it for them to be qualified? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now we can replace rich man in this sentence with a number of things. You think about this in your life. Anything that you trust in your life more than God that you think qualifies you. Think about a child they like their blankie they like their stuffy their teddy bear or their binky or soother or whatever you call it and you try to take it away and you just oh dear oh dear we have created wrath here (laughs) and you quickly give it back to them And when you need to wash the blankie, you make sure that they're in a very, very deep sleep and you gently pull the blankie away and you go and wash it while they're asleep and make sure it's there when they wake up again. (laughs) But a child trusts in something like that. Maybe you trust in your status in life. Well, I'm a chartered professional accountant. You know, I'm whatever. I'm a painter. I'm a nurse. I'm a business person. I'm I'm an, a mechanic. I'm whatever it is. I'm a pastor.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the rich man did. Yep. He believed he he um, took. Uh, weight in his status he looked at how he had done all of those things that that God had asked him remember back thou knowest the commandments do do not commit adultery don't kill, don't steal don't bear false witness don't defraud honour your father and your mother he says I've kept all these things since my youth look at me what about your own ability to do something Simply your own ability to do something. Is that higher than God in your life? Does that bring you place? Does that qualify you in your mind? Your ability to control slash manipulate a situation to get what you want as an outcome. Now this one kind of can possibly hit home, but it's the truth. If we know that we have the ability to control a situation and manipulate a situation under our own ability to get what we want or what we think should be the proper outcome of a situation, Uh that's putting our abilities in that above God. Very good. Above God. Remember he said, how hard is it for them to trust in all these things? To enter into the kingdom of God. What are you trusting in. Before God. Putting above God. Basically taking an altar. And setting it up. And putting this on top of it. And saying this is how I get through life. Better than God. It helps me more than God. Or maybe it's who you know. Maybe it's because you know what you, th- who you think are the right people to get where you want to go in life. Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> cricket. <laughs> Maybe it's your schooling. You think because you've... Well, we'll take Pastor Anne, for instance. Pastor Anne has got a Bachelor of Education and then a and a master's, and a master's of education. So she could easily rely on all of the schooling that she has taken to become the best kindergarten teacher that she could possibly be, very easily. I've got a degree in business. I could easily set on that and on all of my accounting training after my degree that I did And put that up, put that on that altar and say, that's more important to me in getting me through life than God is. And it sits up there and I put nice things around it and (laughs) all that kind of stuff, right? When I first started at my current job, I knew zero about U.S. payroll and California state payroll. And that became my main part of my job. And I had to learn it from the ground up. There was nothing in any of my accounting. Well, I mean, there was some in my accounting that just the basics of general payroll. But (laughs) payroll in the United States, especially in California, there's a whole different kettle of fish than anything up here. It is way more complex. But if I had to put up my my accounting designation and my business degree that I have above God, I wouldn't be where I am now in my job. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now in my job. I needed God. I didn't qualify at that point, at the beginning of my job, to be able to do what they wanted me to do. But nobody else knew how to do it either. (laughs) And so they're like, Here you go. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) But at the beginning, I didn't qualify. And I had a choice to make. Who do I put my trust in? Who do I, what do I let, who or what do I let qualify me? Is it just going to be my degree and and my accounting designation? Or do I go to God and let him qualify me? Maybe it's your spouse. Remember what it says? Children, how hard is it for them that trust in X to enter into the kingdom of God? you trust in your spouse more than God? Have you got a nice seat on top of the altar so that your spouse can sit there? Let me tell you something from experience. When you put your spouse up on that altar, it destroys them. This is serious stuff, folks. It destroys them. Because they can't handle what you need from them if you put them up on that altar. You can't, they can't handle it. It will disintegrate them, and it'll disintegrate you because you're trying to get whatever you need from that spouse that they can't and shouldn't be providing for you. They weren't meant to. They weren't meant to be your god. To qualify you. jesus talks about your spouse coming alongside of you walking with you maybe it's your parents that you think qualify you maybe they were the right parents Mm-hmm. just because your parents went to church Doesn't mean that you're born again. (laughs) And even when I was growing up, I went to church. When when I was a little, well, I was born two feet tall, so I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't all that little when I was born. (laughs) Um, But. Growing up until I entered into (laughs) cadets at 13 years old, I went to church almost every weekend with my parents. Now, somehow, I got it in my mind that Jesus went to the cross and died for us, rose again, and then came back down to the earth and lived a normal life until he died of old age. I have no idea how that got into my head but it really gives a good picture that um, going to church doesn't save you.
0: Because
1: I was not saved. I was going through the... I was even in the choir. (laughs) And I sang and had a great time in the choir, but I was not saved (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. Going to church doesn't qualify you being nice to other people doesn't qualify you either (laughs) you like it to do but it doesn't qualify you for eternal life like this guy was asking like this rich man was asking about it doesn't qualify you it's a great I there's a person that I knew that I I worked under um, at at my last job actually who was an amazing man He was the general manager for for the company. And he was a great man. Really compassionate and caring and listened to people and stuff like that. But he was not saved. And all of the nice things that he could ever do in life would not qualify him and did not qualify him for eternal life. Or for what God wanted him to do. Okay. Okay. Verse 26 and verse 27. And this is talking about the disciples here. It says, And they, the disciples, were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? (laughs) This is an awesome answer. Awesome. Well, anything that comes out of Jesus' mouth is awesome. But this is really an awesome answer. And it says, And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men, it is impossible. With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. We will never be able to qualify ourselves to do God's work, to become born again. I've just gone through all of that. We'll never be able to qualify ourselves to get into heaven. It's impossible for men. Jesus said it right here. That's why we had all of the, the sacrifices in the Old Testament, because they couldn't come to God. They were spiritually dead. They were separated from God, but he needed a way to interact with them. And so we had those atoning atoning sacrifices. But with God, all things are possible. And I'm not just talking about people who are not born again. I'm talking about us as Christians. So Heather and I, this year, celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary. Yes, we've been married 28 years, praise the Lord. It's been awesome. Now, before 2013, I was trying to be a good husband, and I was trying to be a good father. I was a born-again Christian. I had given my life to Christ in my early 20s. And Heather and I got married uh, a little bit after that when I was 24 years old. And we lived this life together and we had these great moments. But I was trying to be the husband that Pastor Heather needed. And I was trying to be the father that Bethany and Abigail needed. But even though I was a Christian, I wasn't trying to do it with God. I was trying to prove myself and make myself worthy of being called a Christian, of being called a child of God. And I was trying my best to do that. But I failed miserably. Absolutely miserably. I there were some great times, but I was failing miserably. To the point where I'm most of I think most of everybody here has heard our testimony to the point in 2012 where we came this close to divorce. This close to divorce. Because I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to put my spouse up on that pedestal and get from her what I needed from God. I was trying out of my own strength and my own ability to be that husband, to be that father. And I was failing, and I failed, really. Come to the end of myself and my ability. See, with men, it's impossible. You'll have moments If you're trying it on your own. Moments of splendor and greatness. And wonder. But they will be moments. I speak from experience. They will be moments. But with God. But with God. But with God qualifying you. Not you qualifying you. But with God qualifying you. And you taking that step back and allowing him to be who he wants to be on the inside of you then you can go forth in your marriage as a parent in your in your ministry what God's called you to do in your life and you can do it with abundance in your life i can tell you since 2013 god has only been growing our relationship to where now the love that we have for each other, and the bond that we have with each other. There are not words to describe how amazing it is. I often talk about a triangle. And God is at the pinnacle of this triangle. And you and your spouse, or whoever you're thinking about right now, is at the bottom, on the side. And as you grow in your relationship, if you have your focus on God and getting closer to God, you climb up the sides of those triangles and you continue just to grow closer and closer to your spouse by growing closer and closer to God. Oh, hallelujah. This is freeing for you, people. This is freeing for you. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter three. And we're gonna start in verse 14. A lot of you know that one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 3.20. And I often quote it, but it doesn't give the full context of that verse. That verse is, a, is the ending verse of a prayer that Paul prays over the Ephesians. And I just want us to go through this. Verse 14 of Ephesians 3. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. For this cause. Now we're not going to get into what the cause is. But notice that Paul. The apostle. The writer of what? Two thirds of the New Testament. Bowed his knee to the father. He didn't qualify himself. Right? You think about Paul in his life. He goes through it. You know he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He came up in the right pedigree. He had the right letters after his name he was of the right tribe he was he was the dude and he said i count this all dung, worthless of nothing compared to jesus christ in my life working through my life and notice here he says for this cause i bow my knee unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he, God our Father, would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Notice there's nothing about you in there. And your ability. Yeah. Nothing. Zilcho. Zero. Nada. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Here we go, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Not by your works, not by your abilities, not by your stature, not by your position in life, but it would, by faith giving your life over to Him, humbling yourself, trusting Him, faith, trusting in Him, saying, Lord, I give you all authority in my life, faith. Oh, hallelujah. That you, this is talking about you, talking about me, talking about all of us, being rooted and grounded in love. That is Jesus. Jesus doesn't just have love. God the Father doesn't just have love. He is love. Rooted and grounded in love. In Jesus. In His sacrifice for us. The ultimate sacrifice. Rooted and grounded in that. The blood of Jesus. uh, uh, Doing that final um, sacrifice for us. That paid for us and didn't just cover it over. Didn't just atone for it. But completely eradicated it based and grounded in that may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge look at this that you that's again all of us me included Pastor Gwen included Every, Barry included, everybody here included, everybody watching online included, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness. He wants to fill you with all his, the fullness of God. Everything that he is, he wants inside of you to be able to come out of you. Oh, Hallelujah. Not by man, because that's impossible. But by God. The fullness of God. Living on the inside of you. Living through you. Living out of you. Letting it well up inside of you that your cup runs over. And you can't help but just share it with people. Oh, hallelujah. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, Look at this. According to the power that works within us. Unto him. Let me read that in the Amplified. Now, to him who, in consequence of the action of his power, God's power, that is at work within us, to be able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Not just abundantly, super abundantly. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Glory to God. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Don't put God in your brain. Don't limit him in your brain. Interact with him through your holy through your spirit. Let him see the vast expanse of his ability compared to your ability. You see the difference there? We put fences around our brains. And we have to try and fit the things into our fences that are within our brains. And we try to comprehend God's ability, his abundant ability in these fences that are in our brains. And we don't need, we, we need to get rid of those fences, knock them down. And interact with him and comprehend him in our spirit man. Because in there, working from there, there is no impossibility with God. Remember we just read that in Mark 10. With God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing whatsoever. Oh, hallelujah. Bethany. Now, the other thing here, as I close, is even though We can't qualify ourselves. There's also nothing that disqualifies us that we've ever done for him to work like I've been talking about in our lives. There's nothing that ever disqualifies you from becoming born again. Because he paid for it all. he He paid for it all. He had you on on his heart when he went to the cross. He's already paid for everything that you've already done. So it doesn't disqualify you anymore. The only thing that you have to do is say yes. And accept the blood of Jesus in your life. Accept the blood of Jesus in your life. That... Sacrifice that paid for every single thing that you've done in your life Amen Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's nothing that you can do that will disqualify you As I was praying about this and as I was preparing the sermon I felt like I needed to give an opportunity for people. I don't know if they're here in the congregation right now or if they're online. But now is the opportunity for you to give your life to Christ. See, He paid for it all, He did it all. There was nothing that you could do to qualify yourself to live a life with Christ to live a life in Christ, and there's nothing that you did that disqualifies you from becoming a born-again Christian. Most people know the name Ted Bundy. He was not a nice man. He did some very, very horrific things. But I can tell you, he's in heaven right now because somebody came and told him the gospel while he was in prison and he gave his life to Christ. I've heard the testimony. What he did did not disqualify him from being a born-again Christian and living his life eternally with Jesus in heaven. Now we put weights on different things here on this earth of kind of what's a really bad sin and what's not so bad a sin. But sin is sin, is sin is sin. It is sin. If it's against the word of God, if it's contrary to the word of God, it is sin. And Jesus says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. But that doesn't disqualify us because he qualified us He qualified us. So, I want everybody to stand. I just want you to close your eyes right now. and those of you who are online if you're not 100% sure that you've given your life to Christ or if you know you gave your life to Christ and you've walked away from God but you want to come back to God, you want to give your life back to God, you want to surrender to him, you realize that you can't qualify yourself but you also realize that yeah i've done some awful stuff in my life i've not been the greatest person but that doesn't disqualify me from walking with god that doesn't disqualify me from being a born-again christian so if there's anybody here in the congregation that isn't 100 sure that you're born again Everybody else's eyes closed. And you want to be born again. It's your decision, but you have an opportunity right now. And you don't want to pass it up. Because living your life for God, living in His abilities, is the greatest thing that you can ever do. There's, it eclipses any satisfaction or joy that you can get from this earth. He died for you. He had you on his heart when he went to the cross. You just have to say yes and accept it. If there's anybody here in the congregation, everybody eyes closed, I want you to put up your hand. You're not 100% sure you've maybe, you're not born again or you've walked away from Christ and you want to come back to him. If you're not 100% sure, we're gonna pray in a minute because I believe there's also people online that the time is now for them to make that decision. So, for you online, I'm speaking directly to you right now. If you're not 100% sure that you're a born again Christian, that you can say that you've totally submitted your life to Christ but you want to do that, or you're a born-again Christian and you've walked away from God and you happen to be on here this morning and you realize, you know what, I need to get my life right with God again. Now is your time. We're going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I want everybody to repeat after me. And those of you online, I want you to repeat after me as well. Father God, I realize I have fallen short of walking with you, that I don't qualify myself. But at the same time, everything that I have done hasn't disqualified me. Lord, I ask forgiveness for the sins I have committed. And I declare, Lord, that you are Lord of my life. And I believe that you rose from the dead and are seated at the right hand of God. And that you have saved me. That you are my redeemer. And that I have life in you and life more abundant. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. For those of you online that have just said that prayer with an honesty in your heart, You've already been to our website if you're online. You've already been on our Facebook page. Call us. Call the church's number so that you can talk with somebody. Help us um, help you get you on your walk with Jesus. Amen? And a great life. An awesome life. A life full of abundance. A life full of purpose. A life full of joy. A life full of peace that can't be taken away from you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey BC, b 3 w 3B1.